Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 186, episode 5 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Friday, May 28th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, aka Chuge Chuge. Oh no, we Jacko. Brian, ah, that is courtesy of Chris Barrera, and I am thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. I sat alone in my podcast room, bleary-eyed. I stare at the Zoom. Pour some pure blue carbonation. Drink it down for brain electrification. It's due. It's due. It's Baja Blast. Okay, see, you know we're now you know how the president's last time. Yeah, you didn't know about that. So I didn't I, know you, about the peaches one, but yeah, I know well, about Hank that Scipio one. brought it back on the Discord and did it in the tune that you did know, Lump mm-hmm. or Gump. I was really doing it more like the Weird Al Yankovic style in my head. But anyway, shout out to you. Thanks for that, AK. Weird Al style. Well, Miles, Mm -hmm. we are thrilled, blessed, fortunate to be joined in our third seat by the body horror artist and comedian who's disgusting and hilarious film, uh, The Sarah Vaccine, you can see on Means TV. She is the hilarious and brilliant Sarah Squirm! What's Hello. up? Hello. Can I do one of these e- intros Fuck yeah. too? Fuck you yeah. better. Okay, just came up with it. I'm Sarah Abudi Abudai. If I wasn't Sarah, I would die. Abudi Abudai. Boom. I'm neat. How's, um, is that Gen Z? Is that like a, a track Gen Z is into yet? Oh, yeah, because Gen Z is all... they. Everyone in Gen Z looks like Crazy Frog now, actually. Steampunk. <laughs> 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 so What's new, man? What's uh, where are you? What's I mean? It's it's not much new. This is the first time I'm meeting you, but not the first time I've seen you work. But yeah, what's what's well, going what's, on? I'm in my ha- I'm in my weird house, and you guys okay. can hear strange sounds outside my apartment, and that's yeah. all that's new. Yeah, what's yeah. Uh, what part of town are you in? Um, for anyone who wants to come and kill me, I mm-hmm. live in Hollyweird. Huh? Oh, yeah. Yep, lights, camera, Sarah. <laughs> and i'm a genius i moved to holly weird from the midwest six months before the global pandemic oh really (laughs) where where in the uh midwest uh chicago ever heard of it yeah Yeah. no is that near dayton ohio yeah Yeah. it's near it's kind (laughs) of near dayton it's also near oh you probably know of the bigger city that's near at fort wayne indiana oh yeah (laughs) yeah in the building suburb uh, exurb <laughs> of Fort Wayne. Is that is, and is that as big as Alton, Illinois? Um, it's probably smaller and less. Okay, all important. right, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you might know it as I think people call Chicago the city of angels. City, of ah, <laughs> I believe of that's right. Yeah, city of dreams. Is uh, what's it like? Been you know being the transplant out here, coming from Chicago. It's a, I mean, it's a path many you know comedians make. But what's it been like for you? You you hate it. Um, it's amazing. I don't have to, I'm a lactose intolerant Jew. So living in the Midwest, I was just eating cheese because, and being (laughs) sick all day. So that's all they'll feed you out there. Yeah. That's all they'll feed you out there. And then I moved out here, uh, where the Jews are again. So it's nice. Nice. (laughs) There you go. This is my birthday. Less cheese. 
Uh, I'm eating less cheese. Guess and I hate to say it, but I'm eating vegetables in LA. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How okay. unusual. You, I get that Midwest LA, you eat vegetables now? <laughs> it's um. hey, listen, you move out here, vegetables are good. It's blowing my damn mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they are better out in California. And also I've maintained that the fast food hamburgers are better beef in in California. I know I'm saying the most cliche annoying thing anyone's ever said, but when you eat the In N Out fries and you're like, this is potato, you know what (laughs) I mean? This is potato. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I do. I do know what you mean. It's like, uh, when in your life have you eaten a fry and thought, this is a potato? Yeah, Uh, very rarely. Very rarely. All right, Sarah, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners couple of the things we're talking about. Amy Cooper is back. Uh, Amy Cooper, who you might remember from Central Park calling the cops on Christian Cooper yeah, for black being bird a watcher. black man who asked her to put her dog on a leash. Central Park, she's back. So she last, last we uh, checked in with her previously uh, in Amy Cooper, she was uh, apologizing, being like, I have learned my lesson. And now she she's back. We're going to see what the final form of Amy Cooper is. We're going to talk about the GOP's main midterm issue. We're going to talk about big oil, taking some L's. Mm. Um, we're going to talk about that Friends reunion, guys. Only in so far as I don't, I don't know why. Like, people are treating this <laughs> like, a, like a movie. Like, a, it's a big event. And it seems like a TV special to me at best. Yeah, it's a uh, fucking, it's a jerk job. Yeah. When you hear Friends Reunion, you're like, oh shit, they're going to be at Central Perk and doing all the hits. And then I remember when I was like, it's a fucking, like a, like a Annenberg, like round table discussion. Yeah. It's like a DVD extra and people are acting like it's fucking the biggest news. Um, It is for some. So I'm just going to say that again, I guess, later on in the show. (laughs) We're going to talk about. Some new stemless AirPods that are coming at you. Uh, and we know this because uh, LeBron James already has them. Big and AirPods fan. <laughs> big AirPods. Uh, we're a big AirPods podcast here, Sarah. And we're going to talk about kids being into weird shit. I, I asked people to tell me what weird shit they were into when they were kids and got some some weird answers, some weird trends that I was picking up on. So we're going to talk about that. All of that. Plenty more, but first, Sarah, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? Oh, yeah, just, no. Yeah. Yeah. Busted. Uh, what's something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Oh, God. Do I look it up right now in front of you God gotta and everyone? <laughs> right here in front of God and everyone. Oh, not uh, bad. Okay. The last thing I searched was alien face hugger. Oh, oh. hell yeah. Huh? I mean, that's, that's so on brand, too. I know. Can you believe like body walking? horror? And yeah. you, the last thing you searched was chest the number one body horror like moment in American culture. <laughs> it's so despicable how I'm just truly a parody of my of myself. So, <laughs> are you? Wait, yeah. What's with the What's with the search? Um, I think I just wanted to look at it. I just wanted to get a good look. <laughs> that's awesome. Because the image that's open is a hyper-realistic rendering of what, like, the uh, inside parts would look like. Can I say vagina on air? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big time. 
Okay, um, so what the what the pussy meat would look like of the face auger? Right, it's interesting. I've never seen <laughs> uh, something so. It's we're not used to that angle for the right. face huggers. Right. right, we're only used to seeing the, it on the face, the whole cover. Now this is full hole. The Are face you... hugger is showing hole. Is this and then is this uh, like Geiger cannon or this is someone else decided to you know put some organs on this face hugger? Okay, this says it's an unused alien face hugger, but this must be like fan art prototype right. or something. Got it, got it, got it. Are you are you into HR Geiger? Yeah, I'm and like into that anything. vibe. I was just because I'd imagine someone who goes, I wanted to look at it was also kind of like, I like looking at H.R. Geiger's sort of freaky illustration. I was thinking about him and it was, I think, well, was it recently the alien like anniversary or something like that? I Probably. And so I wanted to give pay respects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To my elders. (laughs) To my face hugging elders. To my my face hugging elders. What are they? What are they? Xenomorphs? Xenomorphs, right? Is what the aliens are called? Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. You could say anything. I'd say, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you Are ain't you, no nerd. <laughs> that that's kind of like the most iconic moment of body horror. Do you identify as like a body horror artist, or is that just something Vice wrote in about you in their article about? They you? wrote it, and I loved it. I yeah, said, it's sure. Fucking cool, and it <laughs> Everything's seems on like brand. Sure. <laughs> okay, the most easygoing guests. When you get your like, uh, your. But horoscope red and someone's like you're a Pisces you're creative and you're like sure yeah, uh-huh. yeah. oh like my that. god you nailed me <laughs> I feel seen <laughs> are you like is there a movie that you feel like is underrated in that in that respect of like the body horror genre mm. are you a Cronenberg oh head? yeah mm. yeah and I and, if you're gonna go Cronenberg on go Cronenberg style on me right now, I yeah. think an underrated Cronenberg. Well, I don't know if it's underrated. I feel like people don't love existence. I think they think it's like corny. It's the one where they go into the video game. Mm-hmm. But I'm watching it, being like, "This is the best one yet. This is the best one." Mm. Oh wow! Okay, I don't think okay. I've even seen it. Yeah, so. I, I knew I knew of it, but I never watched it. If I'm not okay, if I'm not mistaken, it's mm-hmm. him being like. Damn, these video games look like they're going to be a, a friggin' problem. And guess what? <laughs> guess what, babe? Huh? Nailed it. Yeah. Uh, look at him. Got the kids doing all kinds of weird dances now. Yeah. These video games are a problem. And I don't know anything about video games, but I did find out about Sheesh recently. Sheesh. You know about this? Huh? Sheesh. Sheesh. You talking about TikTok? Don't kids do it on Fortnite? Yeah, I mean, look, you can be bussing, bussing respectfully anywhere, <laughs> you know, honestly. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. As... And neither did I until I talked to a 16-year-old. He told me some stuff. And yep. not in a weird way. Yeah, and then I was chased out of the fucking high school. It was bullshit. Doing research. <laughs> anyway, I live in Hollywood, um, but 20 miles away from any school district, so. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. What is what is she she whatever you guys are saying there? I think it's something kids say when they play Fortnite. No, okay. <laughs> Am I wrong? Yeah, I mean it's just funny this like where we're at now. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I I'm honestly like, don't care. I'm being polite to uh, sixteen. <laughs> no, I mean you don't have. I, it's just it's like yeah, you shouldn't care because it's just you know it's it's something you're gonna see on TikTok and go ah okay. You right, know what I sheesh. say to that. 
<laughs> what is something that you think is overrated? Oh God. Sarah. Do you want me to get in trouble? Yeah. Do you want me to get in trouble in front of God and everyone? Uh-huh. Everyone. All right. I'm going online the other day. Okay. And I and I'm see and I'm on Twitter. I just woke mm. up. Everyone's going Olivia Rodrigo this, Olivia Rodrigo that. And I'm going, who? <laughs> And then I watch, and then I listen, and I watch, and I go, excuse me, she's, I don't, this is an 18-year-old. Right. Yeah. Why should yeah. I care? Very the much hell? a child. Yes. It's a, it's, it was a phenomenon. It's a, I, I, I listened to it because we talked about it on the episode Tuesday, and I was like, I, I mean, I, I get the angst of it, like, but for me personally, I'm, I've, I have my own ways of feeling anxious with music and it wasn't quite hitting the notes for me, but mm. I don't know. I think it's just been a lot of the momentum for a lot of people that have been swept away is like, oh, I just love that. It's tapping into this like feeling of like youthful chaos. And I'm like, I, that's a, that's a part of my life. I don't want to revisit. So it's like, honey, have you ever heard of Kurt Cobain? My God, what are we talking <laughs> about here? That's what, that, that's what's kind of funny is that it kicked off this sort of like, Oh, you mean there was no emo music when we were growing up and people just like listing all yeah. these albums of like Oh, is her music emo? No, 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 not like that, but it's oh, just like okay. the content is just about like this, you know, love lost and being confused right. and hating your ex Sad. and there was yeah. somebody Ex-y. else. Fuck okay, that person okay. now. So yeah. Yeah. What's your album for getting there, Sarah? Okay, I'm gonna say something controversial again. <laughs> oh shit. Yep. I just found out about the band Typo Negative. And I've been listening. <laughs> Typo nag over here, okay. I don't know how this has escaped me, but I'm addicted to the album October Rust. And it's all um, like dark, gothic, metal, uh, sad, vampire, gothic songs about yeah. love lost. So if I'm feeling angsty and emo, I'm not going to listen to a child talk about growing up in Calabasas or whatever and being sad that her boyfriend dumped her. Malibu, right. Malibu, 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 Malibu. Strawberry Malibu. ice cream, spoons for two. No. Deja vu or whatever the fuck the lyric is. I'm like, oh, no. God. <laughs> the best though, if uh, you should listen back to the episode because we had Chris Crofton on, who's like an older indie artist and he just like couldn't understand what was going on. He's like, but I, what I am just, I, what am what, I missing? I think it's just, I think it's one of those things too, where I, my first concern was like, I remember when Vanessa Carlton was out and I was not fucking with Vanessa. I was all in on G unit and shit at the time, <laughs> but still yeah. that shit got me. And I don't know if it was because of like, at the time that was like the music that just was so pervasive. You're like, you can't escape it. And that's why I liked it. But this, I don't know that my relationship to pop, like capital P pop music is I'm not listening to radio anymore. So I'm not really hearing it. So I was like, it's not catching. I get why it's catching other people, but I don't, it, it doesn't do the the hook thing. Right. Like, am I getting older or is the like Swedish mafia that's writing all of the same <laughs> pop songs getting like more like alienated from reality and disconnected? <laughs> I right. don't know. This is a worthwhile exploration for sure. The hell? Yeah. I'm done yeah. with teenagers. I don't want I don't care about Billie Eilish. Okay. The other, the other thing that was pointed Chris Crofton was like, it's all written by one guy. It's the Is one guy true? getting the song credits too, along with her. He's like, we don't need this older white guy helping her tell the story. It's like, I, what what's she really want to say? Is that what she wants to say? And I'm like, okay, Chris, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know, baby. It's what the kids like, though. 
Right. Uh, I agree. And if she's like a child star, it's like, did you have time to freaking go develop a relationship and drive around in a car with the roof down or whatever? Or are you freaking getting hauled around to auditions and stuff by your weird right, family? That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> the hell? Uh, like, isn't the... So Driver's License is a song about a relationship she had with somebody on a TV show that she was in with them. And right. it's like... Yeah, it, it has like a whole like weird backstory that is like partial, partially like part of a scripted universe. So uh -huh. it's it's kind of uh, yeah, it all seems very curated. Um, but I think maybe that's why, though, it has this other effect, though, too. It's like there's layers of real life drama. Like right. if you're fans of these people, I mean, I don't know what who it would have been about like when we were I guess like Alanis Morissette being like oh my god that's about Dave Coulier <laughs> it's like the fucking <laughs> right number one thing pop and idol Dave Coulier uh, right she did what? what to him in a theater oh yeah. no <laughs> down on mm -mm. <laughs> you know he was using that puppet voice uh, <laughs> oh no with like the, the chipmunk <laughs> ranger whatever oh not now like, oh god <laughs> Dave. Well, I also think Driver's License is a fine song. My kids love it. So I think it's fine. And that was important for me to say. <laughs> Jack, defend the song, please. <laughs> uh, Sarah, what is something you think is underrated? Well, I already said the, the existence in the Cronenberg universe is yeah. underrated. But what is underrated in general? God damn. So you know what? You know who's underrated? Uh-oh. Gary Newman. Gary? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who's that? He did here in my car. Na, 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 na. Oh, yeah. And, I car. and everyone only knows car. And I'm sitting here going, locked down in a pandemic. Okay. <laughs> And this can't be it. <laughs> this can't, No, I watch every single live performance on YouTube available to me of Gary Newman. He's a fucking synthesizer, electronic music legend, and he deserves some goddamn motherfucking respect. So what are we what are the other tracks like? Is there are there other ones we're just not attributing to him that we realize we do know his work or it truly didn't sort of break past that car for people who didn't know his body of work? I mean, I think he's like, fa I mean, he's famous. Right, right, right. But like, and Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor loves him. Mm. Nine you can Inch tell, Nails, like, yeah, they have similar vibes. Yes. David Bowie hated him, I think. I could, I hope, don't quote me on this. Okay. But I'm pretty sure, like, but David like Bowie that. thought he was, like, copying his shtick of being, like, Weird guy looking like an alien on stage being like strange. <laughs> I don't know which but one I'm more impressed by that Trent Reznor liked him or that David Bowie hates him. That's to get <laughs> right? David Bowie's attention and have him feel uh, any sort of way uh, strongly about you. That's pretty cool. Right. Exactly. Right. Like, I, I love Pixies because. I watched a YouTube video about David Bowie being like, you guys heard of this band Pixies? They're freaking cool. <laughs> Whoa, hold on, what? <laughs> and I, I got nervous in the pandemic because I saw Gary Newman made a Patreon. I'm like, oh, that can't be good. What's, what's legendary uh, musician Gary Newman doing? 
starting a Patreon. But then I Googled his house and he has a he has a mansion in Beverly Hills with a large sculpture of a dragon outside and he's got a hot blonde wife with big boobs. I'm like, hey, he's fine. Right. Oh, big big Margaret Thatcher fan too. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? Yes! Yes! <laughs> he said he was an outspoken supporter of the Conservative Party and Margaret Thatcher after her election as prime minister. Although he later expressed regret for giving his public support, calling it, quote, a noose around my neck. He's previously considered himself neither left nor right wing um, and didn't support Blair Cameron. He also said, quote, I'm not a socialist. I know that. I don't believe in sharing my money. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's that's very strong, like guy who was famous in the, in late the 70s, early 80s vibes. Like, yeah. yeah. Nobody who was yeah. making a ton of money high on cocaine, like came out the other side being like, yeah, man, I, I just feel like uh, I, I don't need this stuff. I can just give it away. Hi on cocaine. Supporting Thatcher and austerity <laughs> is <laughs> violence. <laughs> yeah, it's like don't look into the album he did inspired by Middle Eastern music. And I'm not gonna tell you the name of the album because I get in trouble for saying <laughs> it out loud. But oh, you know. No. Yeah, oh, no. he's weird old guy stuff, you know. Just yeah, kinda... yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, I'm just looking here at my notes, and what, when I asked about underrated body horror, I, w- I meant to ask you guys if you've ever seen Superman three. So this is gonna be a this episode is mm. gonna be a real adventure because I uh, my brain is not working. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, so uh, I might be like, "Hey, I have a note here from 15 minutes ago," and I appreciate you guys bearing with me. Have you guys seen Superman three? That's the one with Richard Pryor, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I've only seen like parts. There's a moment that is like the scariest moment of body horror where a character like gets taken over by a like robot, but like all these wires like crawl over her skin and like her eyes like shield over by this. It's just this like random, like it's not a good movie. It's not an interesting movie, but it has this thing that like stuck with me. And then somebody like brought it up on Twitter the other day and they were like, this fucked me up hard. And uh, I hadn't realized how much of my nightmares were built oh, on wow. that foundation. If you just search Superman 3 Cyborg, yeah, uh, I'm guessing this is the scene. But it looks like this woman is just turning into uh, Robin Williams from, like, uh, what is it? Bicentennial Man? Yeah, but it's, like, weird and <laughs> violent. And it, yeah, I don't know. It really fucked me. Oh, this is violent? Because it looks comedic, where she's like, ah! And her face is metal, but I'm guessing it's a little bit more horrific. Well, when you're four and in the 80s, when <laughs> when machines were still scary, it was not comedic, okay? She's like, oh, no, I'm turning into a computer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought Johnny Five was terrifying. <laughs> the scariest mo- movie monster of all time. So. Or Fisher Stevens' uh, portrayal of that uh, Asian yes, character. brown face. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll be back and talk about some news. And we're back and let's check in with our old friend, Amy Cooper. I mean, she's like maybe she her face is definitely on the like Mount Karen more. Like of <laughs> the most famous Karens. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a weird time because she wasn't like Barbecue Becky or some of the other ones. Right. The, like Lemonade Lisa, some of the other famous white women who would just sort of, you know, meddle and just call the police on people doing things like having a barbecue or selling lemonade and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think because this shit went down the same day George Floyd was murdered. Yes. So, you know, rightfully so, the reaction, it got the reaction it deserved. And for if you don't remember, it was Christian Cooper. He's a bird watcher. He was in the Bramble of Central Park where it's posted everywhere. You got to have your dogs on a leash. And a lot of bird watchers like to go there. And when your dogs are not on leash, they can chase the birds away. And now you've got a fucking day wasted because this person got the dog off the leash. So if you remember, the video was him just being like, hey, do you mind putting your dog on the leash? Like, you're not supposed to have the dogs off leash in this section of the park. And she's like, ah! Oh, this this black man is attacking me. Yeah. And then like, you know, if you remember, she was like yanking the dog around by the leash and people were like, yo, 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 you're not even paying attention to your dog. You're just like flinging it around. So it led to, you know, she lost her job. I believe the dog was even taken away because it don't even know how to handle a dog on a leash. Um, And, you know, she and she even had a kind of apology that she did publicly. I'll read it just so you can. Because I think this is a good primer to understand where she's at now. So the starts off really clear. I sincerely and humbly apologize to everyone, especially to that man. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 Kiki Palmer. Um, I'm sorry to that man uh, and his family. <laughs> it was unacceptable. And I humbly and fully apologize to everyone who's seen that video. Everyone that's been offended. Everyone who thinks of me in a lower light. And I understand why they do. When I think about the police, I'm such a blessed person. I just, I don't even need to read anymore. She says, I've come to realize that I'm afforded a different luxury in my interactions than with the police than other people might be. And then ends it with, I reacted emotionally and made false assumptions about about his intentions when, in fact, I was the one who was acting inappropriately by not having my dog on a leash. I'm well aware of the pain that misassumptions and insensitive statements about race cause. Mm. Cut to... She's suing her bosses and former employer for wrongful inter- termination, and she was discriminated against. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, she's really the victim. Well, let's think about it here. I mean, uh-huh. she, you know, poor thing. Yeah. I think her lawyers are that band prodigy who are like, inhale, you're the victim. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's right. This is in her lawsuit. She says, Franklin Templeton is a company she, she worked for, characterized a former employee as racist for calling the police on a black bird watcher whom she had words with while walking her dog in Central Park. Oh, we, oh okay. Uh, they're right. saying We're, that was the problem is that they categorized it as racist. Uh-huh. Amy mm-hmm. Cooper said the May 25th incident was spurred by her fear of the bird watcher, Christian Cooper, who she says had a history of, quote, aggressively confronting, end quote, dog owners for walking their dogs off leash. She even goes on to say that she can even back up her scary black man claims with a testimony from a fellow black man that would oh. also attest to Christian Cooper's scariness uh, oh, for being God. like, hey, have some respect for the bird. What? Like, I don't I don't I still don't understand the, what is so scary. But, yeah, that's it. I'm wondering if like part of their strategy is to wait a year and hope that we don't remember what we saw in that video, because like. She is talking to the police and being like, a black man is like, a, I forget if she says accosting me or attacking me. but like, Whatever it is, she's definitely u- she's weaponizing trying. the description of this person on mm-hmm. the phone to the Absolutely. police, which is why everyone's like, you know, you know what the fuck you're doing. You're saying I can call police and that's why you should stop telling me what I can and cannot do. That is not your place as a black person telling me a white person if whether or not I should have my dog on the leash. And that, you know, 
is what it boils down to. And even her employer was like, yeah, uh, we're, we're fu- like, we don't have anything to say. The video speaks for itself. Right. End yeah. quote. Her lawyer's oh. fucked up because it should have been like, we're suing her workplace for discrimination. They were discriminating against Cuckoo for Cocoa Post people. Are you kidding me? My God. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the discrimination And they should have against. definitely used that language too. Yeah. Uh, Cuckoo, Cuckoo for, for Cocoa, Cocoa Post. <laughs> it's a mental health issue after all. Right. Yes. General yes. Mills. Brought to you by <laughs> General Mills. <laughs> Oh shit! But yeah, she's also suing for her lost wages and like a bonus that she thinks she would have got. Uh, twenty twenty. Okay, I'm sure every every company is doing buku numbers in twenty twenty. Uh, <laughs> she also says like the termination caused obviously much trauma and pain and distress as well. Sheesh! This lawsuit is not busting, busting respectfully. <laughs> Sorry. It's so funny because she it's like we're watching someone like find out about the internet in real time. Right. Like, <laughs> but I feel like this yeah. isn't even the internet. This isn't like a clip taken out. This is a three minute long clip where her actions are so clear. So she's claiming that she was discriminated against by like someone showing her behavior to lots of people. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the only thing right. that happened. So it's. I mean, look, I'll I'll play the video really quick just so you can hear. She's because a lot of in her lawsuit too. She's like, you go, you should play the whole nine one one call. The video starts off when she starts charging at him for being like, yo, can you put the dog on a leash? I'm asking you to stop. Please don't come close to me. Sir, I'm asking you to stop recording. Please, please don't come close to me. Please take your phone off. Please don't come close to and me. I'm taking pictures of calling the cops. Please, please call the cops. <laughs> nice calling the cops. And the dog is like, yo, you're lifting me off the ground. Threatening me, right. There is an African American man. She's like, I'm not sure if you heard me, motherfucker. Threatening the dog. At this point, she's literally holding the dog like off the ground. I forgot like, about that part. And again, I'm I'm sure, yeah, you need the whole 911 call. But regardless, nice try. Uh, Good luck to you and your endeavors. You want to hear my big conspiracy theory hot take? Oh, hell yeah. All right. She, you know, that thing happens a year ago. She she gets famous. She gets infamous. Right. All right. It dies down. We have other things to think about. (laughs) Right. She's like, all right, everyone's, you know, thinking like, all right, how do we make money off this woman? She's the most infamous person and like, there's like, you know, 10 infamous people a year. Right. I think she's trying to make a podcast, honey. Oh, she's yeah. She's keeping her name up there. Yeah. I mean, when I saw that this headline from our outline, Central Park Karen reemerges in her final form, written by uh, Miles Gray, I oh, thank you. was almost certain that she was going to be speaking at like CPAC or like some com- some like conservative convention. Like I, it's possible. Yeah. Totally. Uh, uh, also, super producer Justin uh, is pointing out that she did get her dog back. Oh, thank God. Dog was like, fuck, really? Within 10 days of the incident. Okay. So, look, look, people, everyone lost their cool, huh, Amy? Let's just, let's just call it bygones. I don't know what. I mean, this is the the crescendo to be speaking at CPAC, you know, just right. like with the McCloskeys the who are like pulling guns on protesters. And right. we were predicting, we're like, they're speaking. Like, I was just flippantly. I was like, they're going to be at CPAC. Yeah. And they were. I mean, the second she starts taking it to like cancel culture or like the liberal media, she's not. There's no buzzwords like that quite yet. But 
I'm sure, you know, I'm, that's we're waiting with bated breath. Isn't coming out <laughs> right. Right. Her fed up talk with all the right. conservatives. <laughs> Her Ted Nugent talk. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Let's talk about the big midterm issue that the GOP is planning to run on. Last time it was they made up a, a big like zombie horde of immigrants that were coming to crash the U.S. border. Mm -hmm. And like started like using video footage of <laughs> that w was not even from present day, uh, the present tense, uh, but no. using that to just try and create a sense of impending doom. And that didn't really work. Right. Like they they lost a bunch of seats. I mean, it was. Who, yeah, who we, knows? we talked about how it's just about turning racism up to three million. Yeah. In order to get people to like turn up just to be like this is where we're at guys choose a side here we go and yeah this is a very very clear case of them trying to take something like critical race theory and weaponizing it because it, it goes hand in hand with this last story with amy cooper right is that this idea that from our judicial system to just the, the society of our fabric is so intertwined with white supremacy from the origins of african slavery that we it we or do we do ourselves a disservice to not critically look at that and analyze that as a means to pursue liberation for all people, especially black Americans. And, you know, because of that, the right does not want that because they don't want nuance about anything. They want to keep everything so clear and the lines so clear that you can just pick a side without being like, well, hold on. You're saying even if I'm not if I didn't own slaves, there's a way for me to participate in white supremacy, but I, no, this is not what they want. So a recent analysis by Media Matters showed that Fox News has, and a lot of conservative media, has been cranking up the volume on this. Over 550 mentions in the last 11 months, uh, and nearly 90% of Facebook posts on the topic come from right-leaning sources. And it's just, you know, all by design. They're, they're, like what I'm saying, it's a thought-killing cliche that they want to introduce to their supporters. Uh, in the sense that, you know, if they can just immediately dis you know, dismiss things and being like, oh, that's it's it's critical race theory, critical race. Theory. Like, well, hold on. Do you even know what that means? Or are you just saying that as a way to avoid a discussion? And this is, you know, I think what we're seeing, uh, there's like a there's a few tweets that someone dug up about one of these guys, a conservative who has made it his goal to elevate this as like a hot button issue. He said, quote, the goal is to have the public read something crazy in the newspaper and immediately think critical race theory, Th thus right. encompassing an entire range of cultural constructions. So this is what they want to introduce now and also sort of hold up this boogeyman that it's being taught in like K through 12. Really, it's in universities and, you know, graduate studies that you're really looking at critical race theory as it would maybe relate to like a law practice or things like that. So it's just a very bizarre thing. And I think because and we, we saw Nicole Hannah Brown, who uh, penned the 1619 project, her tenure was blocked by a Republican controlled board of trustees at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. This is something that they're all kind of getting on board with to sort of say, let's point a finger at this and maybe this will be enough to inspire our racist supporters to come out. Yeah. I had a sense that like I was probably underestimating how angry this made conservatives and Republicans when that Tennessee politician was basically like, 
keep talking about critical race theory, guys. You see what happens, like, basically. Yeah. He was like, we're tired, and you don't want to see what we're going to do. It was like threatening violence in the Tennessee, like, state legislature. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they want to avoid it. They, there's no way they can keep winning elections if more people are, uh, like, understand the underpinnings of, like, the racism in this country at a societal level. Like, they, I, that's like... It truly, they're like, no, 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 no. Like, they can't have more information. Like, we're already losing them on the bootstraps things because too many of them now are realizing there's no, there aren't livable wages. So we don't, we can't add uh, their understanding of the racist history of this country to that, or else they'll look at everything. So right. I just want to play this clip from Fox News because they're even talking about, like, they're sort of tipping their hat to, like, you know, no one was even talking about this a year ago in the sense that, like, because we were trying to get people to talk about this. Right. Where you have uh, supporters of critical race theory saying that it allows uh, white people to empathize with minorities. And then opponents of it say that it is divisive and, quite frankly, unhealthy to look at everything through the lens of race. And, you know, I was just thinking about a, a year, year and a half ago, we weren't talking about this. Nobody really knew what critical race theory was. And, and it, it, what, it, that's because it, it wasn't really called that. It, it, was, it was called diversity or anti-racism training. And if you speak out against that, well, then you're racist. And then certain things started to happen huh. under the name of diversity and anti-racism training. And it was like getting rid of schools named after our founding fathers. Or So, again, they're completely distorting the definition of it. They're saying, hey, you know how like they got they said like Jefferson Davis was a shithead. <laughs> uh, that's critical race theory. Dr. Seuss, critical race theory. Uh -huh. Colin Kaepernick, critical race theory. Right. Like it's there. That's just like the repetition they're giving people just the same way they get people talking about anything that deals with, you know, empathy for the poor or any marginalized group is socialism. Right. Like that's all they need. And this is the other thing they're doing to create an obstruction towards, you know, increased understanding around race relations in this country. Well, because Fox News doesn't see color. That's actually right. really yeah. No, it's divisive, Sarah. I mean, to look at everything through the lens of race, oh, it's unhealthy, especially if you're white, because you're actually, you, you're, you're your vision is so distorted because you benefit from the fact that everything is seen through the prism of your race. It's like, well, I don't right. want to start doing that. Then I'll realize how much of an advantage I may have had. Oh, no, no, it's divisive. It's funny to say, that. like, fans of critical, it's to be fans <laughs> of critical race theory. Right. I'm a real fangirl of uh, critical race theory <laughs> over here. Oh, my God. I'm just thirsting for critical race theory. I'm thirsting for knowledge about, like, the history of um, how power dynamics are established. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm thirsty for understanding hege hegemony. Ow. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk about that Friends reunion, guys. Oh, no. <laughs> and we're back. And as I mentioned, I don't really have much more to say about this Friends reunion <laughs> other than it seems like... I don't know. It's trending. People are reviewing it like it is a feature film. Like yeah, there's, deceptive. they're like, this is top notch. It's changing the game for how reunions are. And normally we don't like to do entire segments where we talk shit about something we haven't seen yet. But I, I as a concept, 
We can. Yeah, as a concept, I, I don't <laughs> I don't care for this. Sarah, thoughts. I'm pissed off. Takes go. You want to <laughs> pop off? Yeah, pop telling, the fuck off. And you're telling me there's reviews that are positive about this? And then that's when I go, reviews, honey, that's called PR. Where'd reviews go? <laughs> right. I want right. to see people tear something down, spit it back out, chew it up, toss it around. Why do we why are we getting a friends reunion? We've had enough. Yeah. We've seen everyone knows friends. The hell? Oh, see, Vox has one that's a little bit better. It says the empty comfort of friends, the reunion. <laughs> Okay. Could this be any more pointless? Thank you, Alyssa Wilkinson, for coming Mm. through with that take. Friends has aged brilliantly and not well at all. (laughs) 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 To celebrate a series in 2021 with a a reunion special is almost too tricky to attempt. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I don't know, like, cool. You want a reunion? I'll show you a reunion. Who? Every single Real Housewives of New Jersey reunion. Moderated by Andy Cohen. Okay. We have Andy Cohen asking hard hitting questions. Did your Mm -hmm. husband cheat on you? Messy. Um, Why did you go to jail? Blah, blah, blah. If we have Andy Cohen moderating a friends reunion and being like, Matthew Perry, what happened in your like cocaine blackout? And also, like, how's your little Raya tour going? Because every freaking 23 year old in LA has seen you on there, honey. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. That's a very definitely Andy Cohen thing. He's like, what's going on with you and Raya? Like, what the fuck is this? Ben, That's a reunion. I like yeah, when he mess, admitted mess. to using heroin on CNN where he was like, I feel like I'm on heroin. And Anderson. Cooper's oh, when he's like, all like warm. What? When he's, he's like, no, Anderson you know, Cooper? it's just like warm and pulsing. He's like, but you just said heroin. Like, you don't know what that's like. He's like. Oh yeah, no, I've That's heard. What I hear. I've heard. I was like, oh, okay. They're like, I get Anderson Cooper in him to talk more on that. Actually. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like, Yo, don't make it hot, fool. Like, don't. We not on the H anymore like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would like to see that. I want to see uh, Teresa Judici Judici answer for her her table flipping and things like that. But Do yeah, they, I don't, would that be new ground to have a reunion that was like bringing all the different casts together or have they done that like a mega like like a, a mega reunion? reunion yeah ah, i've never seen anything like that because also reunions just end up being like the laziest content at the end of the season we're right. like okay you got another episode out of just people sitting down talking about what just happened so i get uh, i'm sure at the end of the day this is a fantastic bit of money for everyone involved, and that's the only reason why it happened. If there's a reunion, I want to see lives ruined. You understand? Yeah. yeah. Right. I yeah, you want it to be right. Decades long friendships burning in front of my fucking eyes. Yeah. Get a Sex in the City reunion going on. Put yes. Kim Cattrall and Sarah or whatever in yes. the same friggin' room and say, why don't you guys talk to each other? And then you'll deserve the $10 million you get for doing the right. reunion. Feels a little frosty in here, gals. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> you guys want to go over uh, how the relationship broke down? Also, here's some rusty ice picks. I'm just going to put loose on the <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, and it, feel free to uh, express yourself via doo-wop. And scatting, just, scatting. Scatting, scatting. Yes, my bad, yes, my yes, bad. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> Kim Cattrall is mm-hmm. wonderful. Queen. Legend. Legend. Uh, legendary mean, Give Billy Holiday a run for her money. All right. So, friends reunion, you burnt. Let's talk about the new stemless AirPods that are coming. <laughs> uh, 
this is a boon for those of us who like to press our ear when we sing like Mariah Carey or Ariana Grande because they they are just like the in-ear thing. But it's also part of Apple's like nonstop evolution of just removing features until everything is just a shiny white jelly bean. (laughs) But they've removed the stems part from AirPods and created little in-ear pebbles. And You're loving this story, huh? <laughs> as, I do as, love a, this. as someone who goes, how many AirPods you been through now? Oh, I I've only been through one pair. Did you say pairs. like they slowly can like the battery because you were putting high use on yours? Yeah, but I yeah I I've had one regular pair and one pro pair, and oh, okay. they they last. Yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> And now, and you're looking at going for the trifecta with the stemless. I'm not saying I'm going to get them. I I can still do the in ear, uh, holding my <laughs> finger to my ear while I hit the high note with the stems. I just cover the stem up a little bit. Ah, uh, got it. Wait, so this is an Apple product? Yeah, this is uh, Beat Studio Buds, dude. That they released to LeBron James early. He wore them in the tunnel before a game, and people were like, "Wait a second. Right. But I don't know. These are disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll pop up. You know what the stem is? It's it's the choking hazard for the ear. Your ear mouth is going to just choke completely. It's going to swallow this thing whole. Oh, how many stuck stuck studio buds are we going to get in people's ears? Yes. Oh, could you imagine like a bad ear impact with one in and it's almost like just hammers it into your ear canal? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure there's probably injuries like that anyway for people with big ear holes. But My know. uncle was an, ER, an ER doctor, not to brag. He was like, you know how many cockroaches I had to pull out of people's ears? A, yeah. More than you'd think. What? Things get, things get in your ear. And these little, little, free, these little stupid bullshits are <laughs> underestimating how much shit gets lodged deep into people's ear canals. Yeah. Yeah, Ugh. butts and ears are like... That's that's a big part of uh, being an ER doctor is things accidentally going up people's butts. <laughs> and uh, I was doing air quotes. And then ears. That That is so fucked up when like bugs, because that's a bug that like crawled in someone's ear while they were sleeping. And then they, you know, freaked out when they felt it. And then the bug just like crawled deeper because there was oh, a right. finger poking at them. Oh, um, that is my fucking nightmare. Talk about body horror. More than the cyborg lady from Superman three, uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe okay. if I put well, these in, like they, it'll it'll turn me into. <laughs> That's your an destiny. Apple, yeah, shitty Apple cyborg. Apple cyborg. Superman. I do wonder, like, just thinking about this being the ultimate evolutionary uh, direction that Apple products are all going into, like ones like shiny smooth white tic tac do we think that maybe the tic tacs uh that we keep seeing everywhere are uh, apple products from the future come back to oh, uh, fuck. spy on oh, us shit. all right that's worth thinking about all right we're thinking so about just just putting it out there all right put a pin in that one i hate this like stylistic evolution of just turning everything into nothing it's so right. disgusting right maybe right. something to look at like when you when they when 
what was it that like Vogue 20 questions or whatever walkthrough of Kim and 73 Kanye's questions. Asked? Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was, shit. Uh, you're talking to uh, one of the original. Um, one of the OGs of that series, but okay. yeah, <laughs> one of the creators of that series. Uh, I didn't Miles create it. I didn't create I just directed a couple. One of the okay. right, directors. One of the. So I'm on a Zoom with a living legend right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> did I uh, hold a Dyson hairdryer in front of Cindy Crawford to get a hair blowing effect when we did that episode? Episode? Yeah, I did. Okay. Super <laughs> so, She was a legend. And she okay, was cool, so, right? She wow. was great. It was the day Randy Gerber sold uh, Casamigos for a billion dollars. We were at Cindy Crawford's house. I guess that would be nice, too. <laughs> they, Dude, they rolled out. They're like, you guys want Casamigos? <laughs> it was like wow. handing people bottles. They're like, we, we don't live in Malibu, and the drive we're going to take is treacherous through a canyon. The last thing we need to do is drink a tequila right it's now. It's 7 a.m. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, 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 okay. But, like, but yeah, the house is unbelievable. And like their kids are like parodies of themselves. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go on. You were watching those videos. I was Things watching Things are turning into weird products. And I'm watching the Kim and Kanye one. And I'm mm. going, you guys don't have anything in your house? You're right. the richest, most powerful people on the fucking planet. And you've got nothing. There's nothing to look at in your whole house. I hate this thing yeah, that everyone's yeah, looking yeah. like nothing. AirPods it's really bad. It sucks. Amorphous things. It's like, oh look, this is this is my birth control device. Yeah. You're like, what? <laughs> it's a white square. Oh wait, yeah. I'm sorry. That's my credit card. Or yeah. wait, is it my car key? Huh. Everything's, <laughs> right, everything's so amorphous a, and lacks definition. Smooth white pebble. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be like uh, what wasn't there like a movie or is that um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Like the that you could just put the thing in your ear and you could hear every language or whatever. Oh yeah, I feel like we're we're probably moving to like towards these like wearable singular devices. That's like you can understand any language. It'll like beam information to your head from ESPN if you need it. From ESPN, <laughs> from ESP to ESPN. There it is, uh, baby. our inner ear device, and it looks like a sick ass dangle earring. You know what was not a good uh, advertisement for cochlear implants? Uh, the mm. Sound of Metal. They made that shit look uh, not good. <laughs> I don't know if that was an ad for it. <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, bad, it's bad, worst bad, bad call, bad call, guys. Uh, you shouldn't have done that. Hope you're not holding con. any stock. Bad call on the spawn con because uh, <laughs> that was what they do. So it's about somebody who loses their hearing. Say. Uh, Spoiler alert, he saves up to get the cochlear implant and it just like he it doesn't really solve his problem. And like it sounds really like robotic and shitty when he gets it. And like that is often a first stage. But then like they really like, you know, lock it in after a while and like people are able to use it. But because the, it can't be the solution to the uh, protagonist problem, they make it seem like it's. Alex. Hell. Yeah, like, ah! like they really make it seem like it's fucking hell. oh shit yeah <laughs> they get sued by the manufacturers like this is fucking slander man right all right so this is kind of a weird one but it's kind of based on a twitter thread that i've had going uh for the past 12 hours i've talked before on here about how i was i was shark guy when i was like four to seven probably like that was the thing my aunts and uncles and like friends all knew me as is like a kid who said he wanted to be a sharkologist even though that wasn't a profession aka kid who like 
said he wanted to be eaten by a shark. Like, mm. and I had I watched Jaws over a hundred times, like just so I could say that I'd watched Jaws over a hundred times. Um, oh, oh, like you were like counting them off. You're like, fuck, man, I got 15 more to go. And I can say, you know, time. Before tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I pulled an all nighter the night before second grade started. Uh, but like, we're worried about Jack. He comes into class with just dark circles under his eyes. Like he's not getting much rest and he keeps drifting. Smile, you son of a references. bitch. Just like muttering Jaws lines. Gonna need a bigger boat. Like Gonna a doll's eyes. What? <laughs> what the fuck, man? But, uh, yeah, so Farrah Brook uh, on Twitter tweeted that she missed being like nine years old when being really into dolphins was her entire personality. And I I have a five-year-old who's going through a similar phase with trains. And so I was like, what what were other people's like singular like obsessions when they were kids? So before I get into kind of a survey of the responses, did you guys have these? Oh, yeah. I, I have a million. I replaced yeah. my personality with anything around me. Are you kidding? Right, right. To this day. Yeah. What was an early singular focus you had, though? When Sarah Hughes won the gold medal for ice skating in, like, I don't know, what, a million years ago? So she, Sarah Hughes won the gold medal for some ice skating thing when I was, like, what, like, t- I don't know, two uh-huh. And she, her name was Sarah, oh, and right. she was from the same town on Long Island that I was from. I mean, that's all I need. That's huge. <laughs> like, I'm, I am impressed. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I was like, I am, I, I, my name is Sarah. I'm Sarah Hughes. I'm from Long Island. I can win a gold medal. No problem. Right. And I just printed out black and white pictures of her from the computer, from Google Images, and hung them up in my room. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. Just a straight line to it. You're like, yeah. Now it's me. I loved um I loved dinosaurs. I was dino I was dino child for a while. Right. Like I was fucked up off of dinosaurs. Like, you know, like my parents like he only says words that have to do with dinosaurs. Like there's, it's not he's really into it. And then there's a great part in the uh in sorry to interrupt. There's a great part in the new Lord Miller uh Netflix, like the Millers or Mitchells versus the robots where the younger kid will just like go through the phone book and call people and be like, Hey, do you want to talk to me about dinosaurs for 15 <laughs> minutes? And then people are like, Nope. And he's like, okay, bye. And then like just crosses them out. But like, that's literally how my son is about trains. Like, he's just right. like, let's talk about trains, like to anybody, to the yeah. mailman. It was, yeah, it was yeah. dinosaurs. And then that, that turned into X-Men right. and then star Wars vehicles and Star Wars technology where I was buying like schematics of like blasters and A-wing bombers and shit to like really understand what I was dealing with, like from a mechanical sense from all the Star Wars shit I was into. Yeah. I was like, it's not enough just to be able to say what the fuck it is. You need to know how this ion engine works, fam. I don't care if it's fake, but don't come with me some nonsense. Yeah. So um, a teacher in the UK and then a bunch of like parents in the UK said that World War II airplanes in particular yeah. are like, they're like, yeah, there's one kid in every class in the UK like who is obsessed with World War II airplanes. Yep. And I wonder if that's like because that was such a like cultural trauma over there, like the bombing raids from the Nazis that like that's just passed down through the generations because I feel like ours is not necessarily World War II airplanes. 
um, I don't know. for our I, kids. I, it's weird. I had a friend who I grew up with, Handsome Nick, who you met. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were all in on World War II shit. I think part of it had to do with my grandfather talking about World War II. So that gave me like, oh, shit, like I want to know about this thing that, you know, my grandfather was in. And I got into the planes, too, but like not so much. Like I knew I could talk about like, uh, you know, like a Mustang P-51 or whatever is the American one. A Mitsubishi Zero is a Japanese one and shit like that. Yeah. So the ones that seem like they are pretty standard, Dinosaur seems like it's the one that is to the point that it's almost like a phase that every five-year-old goes through or like most five-year-olds go through. Uh, mm-hmm. Space seems to be kind of up there, too. Yeah. Trains uh, up there as like a thing. I think that's like more on the younger side. This uh, is like pl- guy stuff, though. Yeah, well, but a surprising number of girls were like really into cars and fire trucks and but okay so one that i was not expecting that we got multiple responses on was greek mythology yes it's it's very queer that's all of my gay friends were obsessed that's so wild because it's like epic drama Mm -hmm. right but it's those names were so confusing to me I was also a very dumb kid, so I think... <laughs> was there, I, like, a simple book to get into Greek mythology? I think, like, one one person was referencing, like, there was an illustrated guide, and they were just, uh, like, obsessed. Uh, but Alex Schmidt was real into Greek mythology, one of the smartest humans I know. Yeah, I, but he was like, yeah, that was my, my thing. Uh, that's super cool. Turtles, which makes sense because they're just, like, slow dinosaurs that are still around Mm -hmm. and you get i like turtles kid yeah yeah exactly legend legend legendary uh dressed as a zombie by the way i mean yeah what's going on with you (laughs) there were a couple uh people who just had colors like one person was obsessed with the color red orange from like when they were young all the way up through they said like when they went away to college grow up that color sucks Uh, and somebody else was into green and then there were like historical events Uh, the Titanic was a big one oh my well because it's the best movie of all time was that you? were you also in on the Titanic? Um, I guess because the movie I mean like when I was a kid it's like that movie is life ruining Right. Like, name a movie that's more life-ruining than Titanic. Ruining yeah. in what sense? How did it ruin your life? Devastated like, it just took me. you away? Devastated me beyond my wildest imagination. Oh, right. <laughs> well, you know, we can you, you can go to that full-scale uh, replica they're building in China. Oh. Yeah. Are you There's serious? There's a billionaire who's building it to scale one. It's Are like you landlocked. serious? Yeah, but he's, like, obsessed with it. And everyone's like, why is this guy building? It's like, I don't know. This dude has so much money and nothing to do. So, yeah. You know he's going to sink that shit. Like, <laughs> he's doing like that's, that's the only yeah, way the to, like, fulfill day, he kills your promise. Every, he blows yeah. the shit up. Yeah. <laughs> Just should have known, motherfuckers, you really got on the Titanic maiden voyage. <laughs> Y'all are fucking dumb. This is a fucking sociology experiment. Some other uh, Salem witch trials was one uh, that like I like I like the idea of just like having an obsession with like a historic period. Like I definitely got into like castles and uh, swords and shit like that. I was obsessed with trench warfare. That is the idea. So interesting. I don't know why. World War One. You like that shit? Not even World War One. I was just obsessed with the idea of a bunch of guys in like a hole in the dirt. Yeah. Yeah. Living in living in holes. 
Yeah, and so my friend who's like into like trippy stuff said that like when kids are obsessed with like historical events like that, it could be like past life, like residual past life stuff. Oh, weird. I was into so many war stuff. Like I, I had a huge civil war phase when I was a kid. It was wild because like by the time we got to those things in school, I was like, yeah, I know Stonewall Jackson is actually. Like I was insufferable when it came to like the war units in class because I was like, I mean, you're not really telling me anything new yeah. right now, so I don't know if this is actually an education. Speaking um, of insufferable, so when other kids like got into dinosaurs, I was like right at the right age when Jurassic Park came out. That I was like, I think I was like eleven, ninety three, yeah, ninety three, so, yeah. So I was twelve. Like the, the way that I approached that was, I was like really into. So I'd read Jurassic Park and really liked it but then like read all of Crichton's books so like people would be like dude have you seen Jurassic Park I'm like actually that's like lesser Crichton you guys should really uh you guys should really check out Sphere or like Congo those are really his like it's actually not the uh, ending in the book (laughs) just just the worst piece of shit kid in the world (laughs) that was the thing every kid like older kid who read it would like dunk on me with like you know the ending it's actually different in the book. It's not the same <laughs> as the movie. I'm like, what? There's uh, a book? What's the ending like, in the book? I have no idea. Just know that was a thing that everyone lorded over. Hammond, the old guy, uh, doesn't make it. And he gets eaten by the little, the little tiny dinosaurs. Oh, and he then, does? Yeah. Yeah. She's kind of cute. That's what I was telling everyone about it. I'm like, you know, in the book, all the kids have sex with each other. <laughs> <laughs> and then get eaten by tiny dinosaurs. And then this was just a cute story. Like, so there's a lot of people who are like, I was into He-Man. I was into different characters. And Angie Gravel tweeted, one of my kids was Buzz Lightyear for three years, slept in the PJs, wore the costume and cape, asked to have the eyebrows applied before daycare. Uh, Wow. (laughs) The idea of the eyebrows is such an adorable detail to just like have drawn on eyebrows. Don't have me looking foolish pulling up with these fucked up eyebrows, mom. Oh my God, he has like normal eyebrows. Right, but there's like (laughs) an arch to one of them, right? Like they're kind of arched and thin. So like this dude just had like very like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, He's like, he even shaved his own eyebrows off. He's like, they were getting in the way of the Buzz Lightyear ones that we need to draw on. What are you talking about, mom? Uh, there were multiple people who were obsessed with talk shows as kids, like Ricky Lake, Sally Jesse Raphael. Like they would set up uh, audiences and just like do one person talk shows. Uh, and then there's sporting positions that wear masks. So one person's little brother was obsessed with uh, Major League Baseball catchers. And another kid was just obsessed with hockey goalies, like for the masks only. Wow. Which is like fucking so... I played. I only got into hockey for the helmet and the equipment. right. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't gear. attracted to the sport by anything else except this kid I went to school with. His parent was like, "I don't know, Miles can come by to see the game." I was like, "Yo, they get to wear all that shit. Count me in." But yeah, my other weird phase I had was I was so into SWAT, the SWAT cop team, because I watched Speed, and that right. shit completely. I was so cop brained as a kid, like talking to the fucking uh, neighborhood watch copy like yo man can you take me to, like a SWAT meeting I want to see if the MP5 <laughs> is the same weight as I think it is or, like you're not fucking 11 we'll get away from you <laughs> and I hand you a fucking submachine gun like alright alright all right, I'm whatever I know how to cut the pie I know a dynamic entry got that angle <gasps> mirror and a 45 I'll scout it in 
But anyways, people, when we're running Daily Zeitgeist Movie Studios, we can we can look at this list and figure out what what needs movies because you know Titanic, biggest movie of all time, Jurassic Park, second biggest movie of all time, Jaws is like one of the biggest movies of all time. So like these kid obsessions are like right, yeah, that's all you need, and then you're uh, you're golden diamond. We gotta get or kids into freaking cobblers. <laughs> Am I right, making. sister? Uh, yeah, <laughs> get them cobbling. Yeah, that Coblin would be interesting. Young. I hope that's like a weird thing. Like when Gen Z starts adulting, like they're starting in like medieval practices, like right. just rejecting consumer culture, and like they're like, no, everything's homespun. Actually, I'm refining my own rubber from my own bicycle wheels. That I'm Isn't there an Adam Sandler like drama called The Cobbler? Oh God, you're so right. Why didn't it stick? Right. <laughs> I mean, oh fuck! I think it would have. It would be one of the one of his biggest hits if any of these kids had said cobbler. But that that was just never, never in the cards. What was that one even about? I believe a cobbler. Oh, okay. So it's if not I'm not mistaken, name. yeah. Uh, and then like some, I think like there were some curses and some like time travel things. A happening. frustrated shoemaker finds a magical sewing machine that allows him to see the world in a new way by stepping into the lives of his customers. There you go. Uh, oh, walk imagine? a mile in someone's <laughs> shoes. Oh, and Method Man is in that? I think there's going to be a lesson on race here. Uh-huh. Oh, for sure. Sarah, it has been so fun having you. Uh, oh, yeah. What, what a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Please. Um, please. please. <laughs> Where can people uh, find you and follow you and experience your work? You can find me anywhere on everywhere as Sarah Squirm. And you can watch my new little movie that I made on Means TV, means.tv. And you know what? Why don't you go watch it? Okay. Go watch it. Go watch it. It'll fuck your day up. It's fantastic. It's very good. Is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? This tweet is from October uh, 2019 from at Merman5. Parentheses, me telling a sto- my story how I survived a plane crash and lived on a desert island for a year. It was crazy. Parentheses, friend who once got a text from me where I accidentally called the Grinch the Grink. <laughs> was the Grink <laughs> there? That is a great tweet. Yeah. Uh-oh. Well worth some way. We'll never forgive some things. <laughs> May we never let those things go. It's always unique to a friend group. Uh, Miles, where can people find you with the tweet you've been enjoying? Oh, man, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also, the other podcast, 420 Day Fiance, you know, where it's the intersection of weed and 90 Day Fiance and just a couple of immigrant kids talking shit. Um, tweet I like. First one is from past guest Amy Miller. I think this is two days in a row we're calling out some of her tweets, but it's from earlier in the week. Amy tweeted, at a, a lady at Target just looked at me, pointed to her full cart, and went, I don't need any of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> she says, uh, you know, uh, some days you meet an icon. I <laughs> just like that someone, like, those interactions where it's a stranger, but they look at you and like, you're my friend now, and I'm going to say this thing. You're like, I don't know, but cool. All right. Uh, sure. You don't need any okay. of this shit. Okay. This one is from Tawny Newsome at Trondy Newman. Tweeted, quick, everybody check again to see if you can moonwalk. It's been a minute. Um, very <laughs> really vital has. skill i was yeah. the other day i had socks on and i was just tormenting her majesty when i was like look how smooth i'm hitting it like Jaden." and she's like what 
and that's just for and us. And then the just failing. <laughs> uh, wait, can you moonwalk? Yes, yeah, it ain't hard, Jack. What? I'm not hit. Look, I'm uh, when I say I hit as smooth as Jaden. I need a little bit of practice, but yeah, wow. it's not, I've been I've been as a kid growing up in the 80s and 90s. That has been a thing I've been hurting myself trying to do on wooden floors since I could walk. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm only okay with you using that as your tweet if you couldn't moonwalk. The fact that you can moonwalk, you know, makes me resent you a little bit. Hey, shout out to Boogaloo Shrimp from uh, Breakin, who is, you know, they actually <laughs> say the original creator of the moonwalk, not Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah, he's Turbo he's a thief. From like all great yep. artists, he's a thief. There's a great actually documentary about Boogaloo Shrimp on Amazon. If you like Breakin and shit, I don't know if you do a very niche thing, but it's really interesting because you realize how much. Him meeting like Michael Jackson just changed dancing because the B-boy vibe came into the mainstream because of him. And he was very like humble, just like a very humble guy about it. Tweet I'm enjoying. Uh, shout out Fairbrook again for uh, saying nostalgic for when I was nine and liking Dolphins was my whole personality. Because that gave me like 10 hours of entertainment. And shout out to all the people who uh, got back to me with their weird childhood obsessions. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, footnotes. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, uh, as well as a song we think you might want to go check out. Miles, what's, what song we... Uh, I'll do another one from Dirty Art Club this time. This one's called Linked, L-E-A-N-T. And again, it's spooky. It sounds like a funky-ass haunted mall that you're, like, you're doing edibles in. And you're like, wait, what's this track called? Um, that's why I love the whole aesthetic of Dirty Art Club and their work. So check this one out. It's called Linked. Mm. Uh, all right. We are going to say you should go check that out. The Daily Zeitgeist, the production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit... Yeah, I heard radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye.